Shot is no good. The rebound tapped back outside. The cannon drives the lane. Blocked by Wolf. Rebound Pennsylvania. Dave Wall. The Bilski's Leon to the wall in the middle. Up and good. Leon too fast. Greg executed to perfection. Here comes Fields the other way for a foul. Gets to the foul line. Blocked from behind by Wall. Wolf with the rebound. No good. Rebound. Bob Wolf. Pennsylvania. Hot left pass to Bilski. Take the center run again. Bilski has Calhoun and Wolf all the way underneath. To be no good. Welcome to the Penalty Box. I'm Sam Mitchell, here for the first time, I think, with sports photo editor at the DP, Alec Druggan. Hey Sam, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm great, thank you for having me. Yeah, very excited to have you on. Um, as I said, I think it's your first time being on the show, which is surprising considering you're a, a board member, part of the sports and, and multimedia departments here at the DP, and a very knowledgeable sports fan. So it'll be good to get your perspective on the, the past two games for Penn football and the upcoming opening of Ivy play. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely something that should happen again, and I hope to be back on one day if the fans like me. But Yeah, well, we'll, we'll wait for the feedback to, uh, to see what, what happens with that. But anyway, b- before, we, before we get into sort of the, the nitty-gritty of Penn football, um, I was hoping you could talk a little bit just about you know, we, we usually have sports writers on this show. Um, Mark's a sports writer. Carter, um, last semester, is a sports writer. I started in, at the DP as a sports writer. We don't usually have people from other departments on. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it's like to cover um, to cover a sporting event uh, with a camera rather than, you know, a pen and paper or a laptop. Yeah, so I definitely think the best place to be in a sports game is, and the best way to watch it is through a lens on the sidelines. It's so much fun. You're right in the team. Um, as sports photo editor, even though I'll have a staff member with me like I did at both uh, Delaware and Lafayette, um, I get to be on the home side. I get to hear the fans. There are fans on the field as well as on the bleachers from Penn. I get to be right there and watch the game and hear from the players and hear the coaches yell at the players, which I think is a great time. And it's very different from what you get from up in the press box where you are just kind of like have this eagle eye view of the game. Instead, you're right there immersed in the team and you get to be much closer to all these really cool moments and you get to be even in front of the team at points. So I think it's definitely a different perspective of watching a game and it's one I much prefer. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds great. Um, and how, how long have you been, been doing sports photo things for you? Do before um, coming to Penn? So um, I didn't actually uh, take any photos of sports before coming to Penn. I started in my freshman um, spring. I'm now a junior and um my first assignment for the photo department here was actually a softball game, and I fell in love with sports. I ran for board, um, and I'm now sports photo editor. And since uh, last year, I've been my favorite by far uh, sport to photograph has been football. Just the emotion, the impact, the like pain in the eyes you see of someone that just got hit. I think is a beautiful thing to shoot. Yeah, well, there's certainly plenty of that. I'm sure at the. Uh... The Lafayette game. Yeah, there yeah. was definitely a lot of that in Lafayette game from both sides. Lots of sacks. Great game to watch. Yeah, so so let's get into it. Um, without further ado, that obviously was the uh, the the close close loss to number twenty Delaware um, the week prior, and then Penn traveled to Lafayette, which is not a very far trip, and came out with the win. Um, I mean, just right off the bat, well, one of the things we've been tracking, you know, on this show for several semesters now has been the the quarterback battle going on uh, within Penn football. Nick Robinson finally is the starter. Um, you know, some of us probably not not to not to beat a dead horse here, but some of us probably thought that should have happened a long time ago. But but he's looked really strong through two games. Um, I don't know what what your thoughts are, were on his performance, particularly at Lafayette. 
Um, yeah, I was really surprised with his performance. Unlike you, I wasn't a Robinson believer. Um, <laughs> but um, his performance at Lafayette was phenomenal. He found some great open plays, especially after the half. I think before the half, offense was having some trouble. Um, Cragen made some great catches, though. And um, just Robinson was incredibly accurate with his throws, and they made the right plays. Great calls from the coaches coming out. Um, I think that overall, from the offense, the quarterback, uh, Robinson, definitely made the best plays. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, you mentioned Cragen, and that's you know uh, potentially going to be sort of a critical um, a criti- critical idea for this team moving forward is something we've talked about a lot. You know, in the absence of Justin Watson, um, you know, they've had this sort of receiver by committee approach without any standout stars. And, and that obviously, that can be a benefit um, and, and teams can find success that way, but it also puts a lot more onus on the quarterback to make those right reads, not necessarily have a guy you can just dump it off to who's, who's that, uh, you know, next level of talent. Um, but but maybe things are changing now for Penn football. You know, Cragen had this this uh, great breakout game. Uh, do you think he's the future of the Penn receiving core? I mean, um, definitely. Like first game against Delaware, he showed a lot of strength in catching, and he didn't he didn't score, he didn't get any touchdowns. But this week he came out real hot. Um, he racked up like 128 yards of offense, two touchdowns, which was the same with him and Kerrigan Brooks, which we already know is a great player. So. He's shown a lot, and outside of these two touchdowns, these 128 yards were spread a lot of a, a lot across several great plays, a lot of long catches, a lot of hard catches in the midst of Lafayette players, and he just he was there when he needed to be, and I mean he just showed up for the game. Yeah, and 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 that's great, and that's going to be you know ho- hopefully a, a consistent uh, contributor once we move into Ivy play. Um, it's going to become even more important, important especially against this. This tough uh, Dartmouth defense is coming up next week. Um, and, and and you mentioned Carrick and Brooks. Obviously, um, he he has not been a surprise this year, but but has been you know it's been good to see him uh, come back strong this season. And, and obviously, is going to be a super important part of the team. Uh, he had had most of his um, production on the ground in the game against Lafayette. Although I think he caught uh, three balls as well. So it's, so it's good to see them mixing a little bit of that in. But um, had had two TDs, I think, against Lafayette. Yeah, I mean, strong game. Yeah, he's an incredible rushing player. He rushed for 200 yards. In between him and um, Malcolm Isaiah, I think they're going to have a great performance and definitely going to be like a key part of the running strategy for the Quakers. Um, and I think with with him on one side, Craig on the other side, we've got a great diversity in our game, um, which I think we definitely lacked last season. As you said, I think after leaning on um, Jaywalk for so long, we really needed this resurgence in more more variability more dependency, not on one player, but on a team, and then more focus bringing it back to Robinson as quarterback to be able to make these plays and have a team he can depend on to make these plays instead of depending all your firepower on, like, this one guy. That's that's a great point. And, and you know, it's uh, – and, and this is not not a novel idea, but it, but just to, to, to keep harping back on this point, like uh, Brooks showing up and, and, and being healthy and, and being, being a threat week in and week out is just going to be so important for reinforcing Robinson's game because – you know, um, having that ground threat. You know, we're we're looking ahead to a, to a Dartmouth defense that uh, is their strong defense. Their 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 strong you know passing defense. Um, we don't want to to give them the opportunity to be uh, coming right down Robinson's throat to be putting a lot of guys deep in coverage. You know, to, to be kind of shutting down the passing game um, because they're gonna. We need them. Penn needs them to be concerned about that threat on the ground from from Brooks and that's going to 
uh, open up some targets, hopefully, for, for Nick Robinson. Yeah, and I think that Brooks on the ground was so great in the second half, and we didn't really see that come through in the first half. Um, the Lafayette defense just kind of pushed them down. So I think if the Quakers play like they did in the second half of Lafayette and basically throughout the whole Delaware game, they can beat Dartmouth. But if they play like they did for so much of that Lafayette game, they don't stand a chance against such a good Dartmouth defense, especially when compared to Lafayette, who's 0-5 now through the season. Yeah, well, it'll be it'll certainly be interesting to see when, once that, uh, that game kicks off this coming weekend. Um, just to, to talk a little bit of the more under-the-radar parts of the team, the, the O-line gave up. Uh, two sacks. Um, although I think your your takeaway was that they they generally played pretty well. Although it's never good to see your quarterback get hit like that. Yeah, you obviously never want to have your quarterback sacked. Um, but Lafayette, um, their defense was definitely better than their offense that game, and they they did really well um, on defense getting to Robinson. I think the O line did a really good job at giving him space, giving him the ability to make these plays. But I don't think he's as comfortable out of the pocket as he needs to be, and he doesn't have that that vision. He doesn't have that field of view that he needs as a quarterback to always be reminiscent of what's happening around him. So I don't think we can lay this blame solely Mm -hmm. on the O-line. I think the O-line can do better, as can Robinson in these uh, positions where they're against precarious defense. But um, in general, I don't think we can at all lay the blame fully on the O-line for these two sacks. I think the whole team, especially on the offensive side, um, while they're playing great in the pure offense type, on that O-line, um, the communication between Robinson and the O-line and what Robinson should be doing to best use his O-line um, can be a lot stronger. Right. And, and I mean, that's going to come down to coaching, too, and, and will hopefully be something that we see sort of progress this season as uh, Priori gets a, a chance to work more with his new starting quarterback and, and kind of work through that. Although, you know, the, the hope is always that these two preseason non-conference games are the time when those sorts of kinks get worked out. But it'll be it'll be a growth sort of progression for them, I think. Yeah, and I think the fact that they played two games against relatively decent teams... I mean, Delaware is a great team. Right. Lafayette, not so much, arguably. But um, they got to play these two games that were tight, were nitty. They were like the grit that football coaches love. Right. And I think that is definitely a great opportunity for these coaches to come in and say, hey, this is what we need to do better. This, These are our falling points in the game. And how can we make ourselves achieve what we need to that we've seen failed in these games right. by the time Ivy League play rolls around against Dartmouth this week? For sure. And, and I mean, um, you know, pr- particularly poignant with this Dartmouth game uh, is that you, you, you mentioned Robinson needs to get more comfortable uh, leaving the pocket, you know, more comfortable sort of, sort of moving around and, and working with the O-line. Um, he's going to be able to witness uh, a masterclass while he's on the sideline um, with, with, with Dartmouth quarterback uh, Jared Gerbino, who I think had over a thousand rushing yards last season and is a, you know, that that's maybe, you know, he's, he's a, he's a pretty strong passer too. And, and although he, they were sort of playing cupcake teams uh, the past two weeks, he, he had, you know, um, I, I don't even, I don't have the stat in front of me, but, but he, he had a, a, a pretty good game through the air as well, but but really that's his bread and butter is running, and we're definitely going to see him do some of that against the Quakers. Yeah, it really excites me to see like how strong the Quaker defense can show up. Um, Dartmouth defense is great, and so is their offense. Like they're what Penn kind of wants to strive to become in terms of just like a very solid over over team, right. which is what our base right now can build into. And I'm hoping that um, we we can see that happen. I'm disappointed that we saw Dartmouth go against these two cupcake or lackluster teams. As, right. Um, as you put it, because um, we don't really get to see anything of them. Um, so th- this week against Penn, like, we don't know how hard they'll show up because they haven't had, like, honestly real games so right. far. So um, 
until we can see like how hard they show up, how they've done over the past year, um, if any of their key losses from last year's class um, have really hit them, we won't know how good they are. And I'm hoping that Penn shows up and knows knows what they're fighting against and can prevail. Yeah, definitely. It'll, it'll be... Uh... It'll be really interesting to watch that defense. I mean, uh, this is obviously uh, one of those stats that's that's sort of a small sample size, early season anomaly. But but uh, Penn currently leads the FCS with an average of five sacks a game, which is you know kind of an, an absurd amount, and, and probably won't be able to continue against Dartmouth. But certainly would be would be exciting to see uh, see some of those rushers uh, slam into Garbino at least a couple times in this game. So we'll see, particularly with somebody who leaves the pocket so much. I mean, just containing him would be a good goal, even if they don't get that sack count up that high. Yeah, I mean, with how aggressive we are at rushing, because um, Lafayette rushed a bit, but for a lot of the game, especially after a couple injuries by the Lafayette quarterback, whose name I don't remember, uh, number 17, um, they were holding the pocket hard and I mean, there were some holding calls that weren't called by the refs, which a lot of Penn people were angry about, especially the fans. Um, and Penn still, still got to him, still sacked him, even though he had a great O-line around him. So um, against someone that's outside of that pocket and wants to rush forward, um, bring up that rushing yard count, like Gerbino might might get his teeth kind of a <laughs> little bit cracked in there. Yeah, well, it certainly remains to be seen. Uh, and, it, and it's worth noting that, um, the defense will be playing without Diakite, which is of course a, a big loss. But but I think they they they, they should have the depth, and, and I think the, the coaches will be able to 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 deal with that. Even though that that will definitely be he's a player that will be missed on that on that day. Yeah, we we saw the team um, after Diakite was out um, take take a minute or two in the in that game of, of struggle um, mm-hmm. on their defense before they came back. And I think one of the great things about having a team without any star players, even though Diakite is a really good player is that you still have that cohesion when you right. bring in backups, um, which isn't something we've necessarily had in the past. So being able to filter in these these other players and still retain a relatively strong um, lineup is really good, but I'm hoping we see Diakita back up soon because he, he, he did really good work while he was in the game in Lafayette, as short as that was. De- definitely. And, and you know, it's... Uh, it's worth noting that, that the team, you know, it, despite their struggles last year, had to grapple with, you know, the loss of Sam Filippi, obviously, who's now back. And um, that's so that they're there. They're, it's a it's a defensive unit, at least, that has some experience with sort of um, missing key players and having to work around that. And, and, and maybe that uh, will end up being an experience that or a, a, so, so that was that was sort of a learning experience that will help them through uh, what hopefully is a short absence for Diakite. Um yeah, and, and and so, you know, we've got this Dartmouth game coming up. They're obviously a really strong team, and and you know, and not to not to kind of go back too much on on the points that we've covered already, but they're they're ranked number two in the preseason poll. They got two first place votes, um, coming a, a fair amount behind Yale, but but uh, definitely were a well respected team, and and obviously uh, did well last season, and and uh, are a team that that's been been strong in in recent years. Penn actually hasn't beaten them uh, at Franklin Field since 2013 in a, in a quadruple overtime thriller that you and I were, I think, in middle school when that happened. So, um, while back, yeah, it was a while back, or maybe freshman maybe year. freshman year of high school. Yeah. Anyway, point is, uh, we're not we're not paying much attention. So, um, you know, it, it will be if Penn pulls it off, it will certainly be an upset, but uh, one that we'll definitely be rooting for. Um, because as juniors, it's our, our last chance, actually, to see Penn football beat Dartmouth at Franklin Field. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Something I mean, that hasn't been seen in a while. With the polling, I mean, obviously Dartmouth and Princeton are seen as by far the best teams, but with what we saw from Penn, especially at Delaware, that whole game, they fought hard. Um, they played well, especially against Delaware's incredible defense. And, I mean, racking up 27 points against Delaware was crazy, and holding them pretty much one-to-one across the game was crazy. So Penn coming in um, to this Dartmouth game, I just want to see the same, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, Alec and I will both be uh, patiently awaiting that game and and, uh, looking forward to it um, and hopefully enjoying a defensive smackdown from Penn and uh, Nick Robinson, uh, Ryan Cragen, and Carrick and Brooks lighting up the uh, offensive stat sheet like always. Well, um, anyway, uh, thank you, Alec, for joining me for the first time on Penalty Box. Um, Yeah, of course, man. Pleasure to be on here. Yeah. And uh, thanks to the Daily Pennsylvanian and uh, everybody who works there. We've got a lot of great football coverage up on the website right now, so definitely check that out. Um, This has been The Penalty Box, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.